because my mom knew what was coming. She knew we had a problem. My mom didn't show fear at all. She never acted like there was a massive problem. She never showed us that the problem was too big for her to handle. She didn't surrender to the problem. She made a choice in that moment when she knew the problem was going to win. Y'all, she did not hesitate. She told me to brace myself. Y'all, are you hearing what I'm saying? She could not stop the problem that we were about to be hit with. She knew we were about to take this hit as a family. And yet she decided to give me strength as we went into the unknown. All right, welcome back or welcome to Embrace Yours Truly. This is a podcast designed to help you nurture your self-knowing. So let's get into it. What's up, guys? We're back into a new week. I just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you, those of you that have been on this journey with me. I believe this is episode 18, and I haven't said this in any of the episodes that I've recorded, but my goal is to do 30 episodes in this first season and then reevaluate, figure out the next direction to go with season two and when season two is going to come out. So right over halfway through with this season, and again, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. So this week's topic of conversation is about problems versus solutions and identifying which one are you. And before we really dive into this topic, I want to say this. Every single person has problems. Not every person has solutions. And it's important to know which one you feed. And there's a couple different ways I think that you can look at being problem-centered or solution-focused. Like, when you're problem-centered, yes, it pertains to your perception of how you view situations. If you are mostly consumed by the issue, which means that when problems come, you probably bitch about it or you run from it, which means that you avoid it. And I think that there's another perspective of this that people can really get lost in. If you feel like problems are just like circulating in your bubble, something to stop and think about is you might be the problem, especially when you've been operating in a way that gives you confirmation that you're not wrong. If you feed the thoughts and the feelings that it's never me, I'm never the problem, it's always going to be somebody else, or it's my environment, or it's my situation, or it's my genetics, like you fuck yourself, it's game over. Because once you start believing your thoughts, that's the reality of what is for you. My personal opinion, I think people should be more solution-focused than problem-focused, I do feel like solution-focused people sometimes can get a bad rap, and I think that this is more so centered around men. I think men focus on, okay, like, what's next more so than women, because women, we feel differently, so it's natural to lean into the problems that we see. But regardless, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not talking about gender, I'm talking about you as an individual and which one do you tend to feed and bringing awareness to this. On my personal journey, I've kind of, like, rotated through both of these I think in certain times in my life, I was very problem-focused, responded to problems with more problems. And then there's other, there's also been other times in my life where I'm like, boom, 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 like, here's what's next, here's what we got to do. And I've cycled through that. I think in my current state right now, I'm mostly solution-focused. Depending on what it is, I'm going to approach it as a challenge. I'm going to approach it as an opportunity. I'm going to say, fuck, all right, let's roll with this. But what I'm going to challenge you guys to do throughout this episode is really hone in on where you at in your life and which one do you tend to go to. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you two events that have happened in my life that have really shaped 
my perspective on how I show up to life and how I approach problems with solutions. And from my stories, I hope you see why. For me, being solution-focused is one of those things that just comes naturally to me because I've been conditioned to be solution-focused, I think. And specifically, this has came from my mom's teaching. Um, unintentionally, though, I feel like my mom has taught me many, many lessons that weren't directly meant to teach me certain lessons, but I have learned so much about the human experience from watching my mom. So when I was around 9 or 10, I got into a pretty bad car accident with my mom and my younger brothers. We were driving back from my sister's basketball game. And if you are familiar with basketball, basketball is typically played in the winter. And in Colorado, road games means driving through snow, driving on ice. I mean, that's just the nature of what is, right? And we were driving back from this like middle of nowhere school. And of course, the roads are icy. There's no lights. It's almost like a back road highway. And at the time, my mom drove this big ass Tahoe that she was absolutely in love with. So it was me in the back seat, my baby brother in the car seat, who was about one or two at the time, and then my other brother in the backpack. So there were two rows in the back of the Tahoe. So it was me and my baby brother in the first row, and then it was my other brother all the way in the back in the second row, and my other brother was about four or five at the time. And I remember my mom asking me to make my baby brother a bottle. I was like, okay. So I started making the bottle. Then she kept asking me questions, and I wasn't really giving her answers, so I was confused, like, why you keep asking me questions? And I didn't know this at the time, but she started asking me more questions because she started to realize that we were about to be driving on black ice. Mind you, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no lights anyway, a little two-lane highway. And I remember my mom saying, we're going to go off the road. She wasn't talking to me. I think she was talking to herself. But I looked up from making the bottle and I looked at her and she turned to me and said, brace yourself. So right away, I reached up and grabbed the OSHA handle. And just had it in my head to hold on to it. And we went off the road. The car flipped. I remember going off the side of the road and feeling the car flip over. I didn't realize that we flipped into a ditch. And at the time, my mom's best friend and her husband were driving behind us. So they watched this all happen. Once the car stopped flipping, my mom went, Jordan, are you okay? I said, yes. She said, did you have your seatbelt on? I said, no. And still to this day, I can't describe the feeling that I knew my mom felt when she heard me say that I didn't have my seatbelt on. But I definitely knew she had to dig real deep to find some courage to turn around and look at me. After my mom checked in with me, I remember looking up to my left and seeing my baby brother like hanging from the ceiling in his car seat. And I was trying like hell to undo his little little buckles. And I remember as I was doing it, everything around me started to like come into focus. So I started to just look around and like realize like you were just in a car accident. There was dirt everywhere. There were a couple windows that were busted. And I like started to realize that I was sitting on the roof of the car. So I had one hand holding my baby brother in his car seat as he's hanging from the top of the car because I couldn't figure out how to get his little buckles undone. And my mom's best friend's husband bust open one of the windows, and he crawled in and helped me get my baby brother out of the out of the car seat. My baby brother's name is Reese. So he takes Reese out of the car, and then I look back in front at my mom. My mom's trying to cut her seatbelt off because she's stuck. And as I'm watching her, she told me to go ahead and check on my other brother who was in the back. 
So I turn around to look to see if he's okay. And before I could even say anything to my brother, I noticed that all three of the back windows were busted out. My little brother's name is Dolan. And at the time, he was really into adopting a character and dressing like that character for weeks or for months. And this night going to the game, he decided he wanted to be a football player. So he had a plastic Cowboys football helmet that he'd taken to the gym and he'd wear his helmet. And he was full-blown football player that night. He would have the little eye patches underneath his eyes. He had his helmet on. He'd run up to people and hit them with his head. So when I looked back at my brother, he had this helmet on. And he had his hands on the face mask and he was looking down towards his body. I didn't really know what to do because my brother wasn't moving and he wasn't making any noise. I didn't know this at the time, but when my mom told me to brace myself, Dalton grabbed the helmet and he put it on. So my mom's best friend's husband climbs back in the car and he gets in the back seat with my brother and he goes to reach for my brother and he lifts up his head. And as he lifts up his head, I can see my brother's face. My brother has his eyes clamped shut. And his hands were plastered to this face mask. And as he lifted up my brother's head, you can see the fight my brother had in him as he was doing everything in his power to fight back the tears. So my mom's best friend's husband, his name is Dave. Dave puts his hands on Dalton. And right when he felt his hands touch him, he just let all of his emotion out. He just started to bawl. Because it was that feeling of finally being on the other side of the problem. See, my brother braced himself until he was told it was safe to let go. We get Dalton out of the car. I get out of the car. Reese is out of the car. My mom's out of the car. We were good. No one was seriously hurt. No one was freaking out. My mom's best friend's family were the ones that were mainly freaking out because they had just watched our car go off the road and our car flip into a ditch. And they they thought I was like, they thought I wasn't good because of how good I actually was and for the matter that I didn't have my seatbelt on. And I tell that story because my mom knew what was coming. She knew we had a problem. My mom didn't show fear at all. She never acted like there was a massive problem. She never showed us that the problem was too big for her to handle. You know what I mean? She didn't yell. She didn't say anything to panic us. She didn't surrender to the problem. She made a choice in that moment when she knew the problem was going to win, but she still could provide a solution. She told me to brace myself. I understood there was a problem. I knew that. I wasn't blind to it, but I also wasn't scared because my mom wasn't scared. If you haven't been tested in life yet, you will be. And you will be tested in the most unexpected times. When that happens, you have a choice. Be consumed by the problem. Dive into a solution. See, my mom had people counting on her. When you have people counting on you, there's no time to be consumed by problems. Your only option is to figure out how to get through it. The one thing on your mind is, what do I got to do to make sure that my people are good? When I was 17... I got into another car accident. The high school that I went to was about 20 minutes from where my house was. So I was driving to practice in my brand new freaking car when I got into an accident. And the route that I had to take, I had to go through a shit ton of lights. Speed limit's about 55, so of course I'm going about 60. And the light that I was coming up to was green. 
so I didn't slow down at all. And I remember looking down on my phone to change my music. Then I remember looking up and making eye contact with the guy that was about to hit me. So I was heading north. He was heading south. He was in the left-hand turn lane, which when he has a green light, he's able to turn into the oncoming traffic to go left, which in my case, him trying to make this light to take this left turn ended up with us colliding. So it was crazy. Right when we made eye contact, we hit. And from the time that we hit to the time that my car slowed down, everything happened so incredibly fast and so incredibly intensely that there was zero time to think. Airbag went off. Everything in my car went flying. My car spun a few times to where once the car started to slow down, my car was facing the direction that I had just came from. Mind you, this is an intersection where there's four lights going different directions. So at this point, I mean, the damage was done. Whatever had happened to me, happened. Whatever happened to my car, happened. However the other guy was and however his car was, like, the damage is done. But in my head, I was already going, next play. What do I gotta do now? And because my car was still moving, I had it in my head, like, don't hit anybody else. So after we hit and I started to slow down, my car might have been moving at like two miles, five miles per hour, but my car was still moving towards other cars that were sitting at the light. So I whipped my fucking wheel around, making sure I didn't hit them. At the end of the day, all that would have happened was I would have bumped their car and it just would have been other cars that were on the freaking insurance report. But I was like so focused on controlling the next action that. I tried my absolute fucking hardest not to bump their cars. And I didn't. I didn't hit their cars. My car just kind of drifted off to the side of them. And I remember stopping the car (laughs) and pulling the emergency brake because my brake wasn't working. And I just remember looking around my car like, damn. Looked down at my body to see if my legs were good. All right, my legs are good. Reached down to grab my phone. Make sure my phone still worked. All right, we're good. Then my next thought was to figure out where the hell the car that hit me went. This guy's car was smashed up against a light post, like sideways, and he was still in the car. My next move was to call my mom and tell her what happened. See, I wasn't scared throughout the entire experience. I could have responded as if it was my fault. I could have blamed the guy who hit me. I could have been extremely fearful and not grabbed the wheel to not hit any other cars. I could have not looked down at my legs to see if my legs were good. I could have froze. See, when problems come... In a setting where it feels like it's about survival, your nature kicks in. What do you know? What are you conditioned to do? And for me, I was solution-minded like my mom was when we were in the car accident when I was nine. I had less than one second to understand that I was about to be in a car accident. Then after the worst was over, I still had it in my head that I had to find solutions to the problems that I was facing. I didn't have a single thought about whose fault it was, how it happened, why it happened. I think this was because I was so focused on, I know something terrible has just happened, but what are you going to do about it? I pulled the emergency brake, even though my brakes and my engine were completely out. That was the next logical thing that made sense in my head to do. I looked down, I checked my body to see if I was okay. I reached to grab my phone. That was my one communication device. I needed to let 
my mom know that I was okay because I was just with her five minutes ago. I located the guy who was involved in the accident. These may seem like little insignificant things that happen after worst case scenario, but they're so important. I understand that these two events that have happened in my life may seem like extreme examples when dealing with problems and solutions, but being solution-minded can literally save your life. Growing up, I feel like I would have referred to this as being mind over matter, kind of that rub some dirt on it, tough it out mentality. I don't see it like that anymore. I see it as having the ability to self-coach. Many of us have had good coaches and bad coaches. Apply it to anything in life. When you think about it in the sense of being your own coach, it puts it into perspective. Are you a good coach or a bad coach? Are you problem-focused or are you solution-focused? Are you a giver or are you a taker? Which one are you? Because here's the thing about problems. It is what it is. The problem's already here. It exists. It's your job to figure out how to handle it. Who do you got to get on board? What are things that you have to change? Is the system working for you? And ultimately, what emotion is in control when you make your final decision? So when you have this conversation with yourself, you got to know what's your pattern. The other thing is you and you got to decide what you're going to do about it. Because if you don't address the problem, you're going to find yourself at the bottom of a pile of problems. My friend, you have a mountain of problems on top of you because every time a problem comes, you just stack it on top and you just keep feeding it. The only way to get ahead of problems is to start having solutions when they come. Stop seeing problems as this massive negative thing that is just so intimidating that you're scared to act on it. Problems only stay problems if you allow yourself to see the problem as a problem. Bad shit happens every day. Not everybody survives the problems that they face in life. I've been very fortunate in life. And I say that because I've been surrounded by just enough people who have been solution-focused that I picked up on it at an early age and that I became educated on emotional awareness. I really believe in my heart of hearts that many people are not solution-focused because they haven't been exposed to it. I think there's a massive population that have only been exposed to negative thinking and only been exposed to problems. They've never even been presented with the other side of possibility, the other side of overcoming, the other side of learning from problems and taking them and using them as building blocks instead of letting them be bricks that you just carry around. So, as you go into your week, Think about it. Are you problem-centered or are you solution-focused? And regardless of whichever you are, which one do you want to be? Once you know that, go make it happen. I'll see you guys on the next episode.